If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today on Horse Chats, we've got Anna Twinney back, and Anna's come up and thought of a unique way to pass her time during COVID and also a unique way for other people to pass their time with COVID. Anna's going to talk about her 101 natural horsemanship things to do with your horse. So if you're bored, if you're there, you've got all this extra time to spend with your horse and you're getting a little bit, mm, done that, done that, done that, and you want something extra to do with your horse, Anna's going to talk to you about it today, which I think is pretty exciting. We've had Anna on a couple of times before, and today we're going to go through these exercises and she can tell us a little bit more about them. But before we do that, of course, we've got to remind us about the values of the International Horse College, Horse Welfare and Safety are of utmost importance when humans have any interaction to do with horses. Within the courses in International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. And we only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers in all our courses. Have a look now. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now today we've got Anna. You there, Anna? How are you? I am here and I'm so pleased to hear that because my safety record is untarnished. So you have teamed up with somebody that really does emphasize safety, language of the horse, knowing yourselves, understanding the differences between a language versus a technique, as well as the body language and the energy and so on. So we are aligning in more ways than we can even imagine, which yeah. I like. I yeah. like to hear it. It's a huge piece. Thank you for having me back. Oh, Anna, good to talk to you. And I'm a bit excited with this. Uh, well, you've got 101 natural horsemanship things to do with your horse. And you've got a promo video here, which we will put on your page, which will be, you know, just go to horsechats.com and search for Anna Twinney. But tell us how you came up with this whole idea of the 101 natural horsemanship things to do with your horse. How did you come up with that? It's really 30 years of being around horses, but 22 traveling. And no matter where you go in the world, everybody shares and has multiple things in common, be it that they want to explore the language, the life lessons of horses. But at the same time, it didn't matter if the horses were foals, weanlings, yearlings, if they're in rehab, retirement, people would come up and say, I'm not quite sure what to do with my horse. Be that preparation for cold starting indeed bringing them back into work. It didn't even matter if they were being handed their horses. So many locations, they're riding alone, dressage or hunter jumper, and they wouldn't handle the horses in any other capacity. So ultimately, the dialogue would be, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to connect. We're not quite sure what to do with boredom busting when it comes to weather patterns of rain or too hot, too cold, too wet, too dry, too icy, too windy. And I thought, you know what? This, I would always say to my clients, there's 101 things to do with your horses. There's so much to do with your horses. And so I came up with the idea that way to say, not only did I want 101 natural horsemanship pieces, but I could categorize them a little bit to, to look at intertwining the animal communication with the energy healing, with the natural horsemanship, with intuitive riding. So people could look at it and say, 
Reach Out to Horses is a one-stop location where natural horsemanship's involved, and it considers the whole horse. And that's how it was born. So people could take it or leave it when it comes in their inbox. I wanted a surprise. I don't want to just shuffle all the way through 101 things and pick and choose and go, that suits me now. I wanted it to land in the inbox and allow them an opportunity to look at that and take no more than 10 minutes. That was a big piece. Some of the episodes are eight minutes, some are 12, but we average 10 minutes. And that was my big piece too. People would turn around and come back with, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Well, it only takes 10 minutes to connect with your horse. Can we find 10 minutes? And the cool thing with this too, the app can be downloadable on your phone. So you can take it with you to the barn and you can watch it there and you can have it as a help and a resource when you're interacting and connecting with your horses. That's perfect. So they're twice weekly. And I think the first one's Liberty Language and Life Lessons. So just tell us a little bit about the exercises within that category. Absolutely. So I I created a lot of different categories so that people wouldn't simply pigeonhole us and come back with it's simply the language and liberty, but in fact that we would have numerous amounts to say if you're seven years of age, you can commit to this. And if you're in your 80s, you can commit to this. And there would be something for everybody, no matter if you're on the ground or in the saddle. So when it comes to the liberty and language, it's one of my biggest pieces that I'm known for, from gentling wild horses, foals, mustangs, and all the way through to dancing with horses and looking at creating a contract, so be it that we're looking at behavior modification, et cetera. So Reach Out to Horses is one of the few places where you can get the pure language, having studied the wild ones all around the world, China, Australia, New Zealand, Europe, Canada, America, you name it, watching for this wild horse language. So in this fashion, people have the opportunity to view the language where I'm interacting with different horses and look at look at different liberty sessions. It might be connection and a contract or a dynamic duo of two horses. It could be teaching a horse to self-halter or come on command, spook busting at liberty, etc. So the one I wanted to focus on today was come teaching your horse to come on command. I've loved doing it with my Spanish Mustang and bringing it to a number of other horses so people could see we can teach them their name. There's so much in a name and so important to name them correctly, but also that they know their names. We drive down our driveway or up it and you can shout out, hello, Exy, hello, honey, hello, Aria, and the heads will come up individually. So where I mentioned teaching them to come, it's important for me that when you say Excalibur come, it's his head that comes up and he can come and more often than not, he bring the whole herd with him. But instead of having to go out in a paddock and the old fashioned way would be to chase them, to drive them until they turn in, we're not looking for that. It would be a moment to bring them in the round pen, communicate and connect with them on another level where we're asking for motion. So without motion, you can't get the draw. So we are asking for motion through body language. But then as soon as and just prior, once we've got beautiful forward motion, we can hand signal and verbalize the horse's name and come. So, for example, Aria come or Excalibur come. And we look for the drive and a tad of a draw to go there. And there's many ways to do it. We're doing it in a round pen so you don't have to round too hard and too fast. It's a 50-foot round pen. But we're integrating 
the language of the horse. So instead of training them like to a point or picking up a whip, we're looking to converse in a language that is natural to them. And what people have to learn is how they interact with their body language. So for me, body language is the horse's language, accompanying with the telepathy and the energy, but it's the horse's language. And if we can bridge that gap between us and them, they're grateful, they're thankful. And thus, we can also bridge the gap between the language and training. So instead of having to go out in a pasture and you guys have vast amount of land there, it's always neat to teach them to come on command and so you don't have to spend your time running out with a halter and, and so on. But instead, they want to be with you and they want to come to you. So it's a really, really neat piece to integrate in. Yeah, yeah. Now, the next one you've got, the intuitive riding. You know, what sort of exercises are in there? It's really neat. I took the intuitive riding onto horseback to integrate telepathy. And it's one of those pieces. First, you take away the bits, maybe, and you go from having bits to bitless then maybe we're going from some degree of bitless to a rope halter or a dually halter some halter and even to the neck ring and this would be part of the intuitive riding pieces that we've got is to look at coming away from the dominance and the control but moving into the communication connection and clarity so that individuals understand when is it safe to take the bit out of the horse's mouth how do we advance forward to that before we just simply drop the bit and then have nothing on the horse's head and that's when you find out how the horses truly feel so within our intuitive riding piece we integrated in for example mindful mounting we also did stopping on a dime so people can have a beautiful woe we're looking at the one rain stop for safety so that we can stop the horse when we need to we're looking at riding on the buckle as well as a sunset ride home, bareback riding. So for me, a lot of this intuitive piece is to take away the gadgets, remove the martingales, the side reins, or anything else that we might have, but doing it in a very, very safe way. And there's certain steps that you can build in to do that. And alongside it, we're looking at the mind, influencing the horse with the mind. And so we're not looking at influencing the mass so much but it's more about influencing the mind in order to influence the mass so it's an integration of body mind spirit of visualizing what we're looking for as well as carrying the correct energy with it and knowing how to take the body language onto horseback so it's very exciting um i think i missed a ton of episodes like ponying that we have as well as the obstacle course ridden so really, really fun exercises to support people, to get them enjoying the arena as well, because I'm certainly not an arena person. I'm all about the trails, but there's a place for it. There's a place to gain connection. There's a place to gain confidence. And there's a place to have fun in it instead of having long rituals. So understanding that the horses are intuitive and they're listening to what you're thinking is a huge aspect of intuitive writing. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm imagining myself the amount of different exercises and what fun you could have. What about tricks? You've got some tricks in there as well. It's really fascinating. I say everything's fascinating, right? Because I love everything that I do. But what happened is over the years, I wasn't seeking to trick train in as far as picking up a grooming tool or something like that. Because I felt that the rescues I was handling 
could get into trouble if they picked up items that they weren't supposed to. Maybe somebody would reprimand them. And so when I moved into tricks, I was looking at the tricks that would really serve the horses and would serve us. So, for example, picking up a foot that you do it on command instead of putting your back out with these big draft horses or the horses that are leaning into you. But instead, training them to balance and offer the foot and do that through a vocal as well as a body language cue. So it really moved on from there to say, okay, let's look at loading, for example. Can we point and guide them in this way? And how do you break that down so that it's really safe to do so? Instead of sending them in a trailer where, for example, they could be rearing or body slamming because you're in the kick zone, how do we get it to the point where they're self-loading and then transfer that over to a hand cue? So all of these tricks are looking at tricks for training, self-loading, unloading on command, ground tying, self-altering, spook busting, so that they learn to touch something, teaching touch on command, a slew of activities that are supporting the horses for confidence building, standing at the mountain block, side passing towards the mountain block. I feel that they're all aspects that we would truly be seeking in our lives. Now, as we get older, we need the mountain block, even though it's safer for the horse anyway, so we're not pulling the saddle over. But it's also nice to say, how would I do it on a trail? Can I cue my horse to come against the fence line? Could I cue him to stand by the trailer? Absolutely, we can do that. And we start in a safe place to do it without vast stimulus and distractions. And then we get to the point where we can stand, cue them, and they side pass over. I think it's not a luxury, but in fact, something that we should all be seeking to have. So we do use food as reward. We bring in pellets that they might be eating anyway, certainly not grain. We look more at Timothy pellets or grass pellets. And it's nice to have not on your person, but in a bucket so that they don't learn to mug you. And then they have a reward. And it's different. It keeps their mind in the game. It keeps them active, motivated, creative, and something totally different to learn how to train with food so that you're not bribing, you're not luring, but in fact, it is a reward-based system. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was hoping it's answering it because I want to give them value tonight too to say, here's some pieces that you can take home and maybe do right now. You know, and you're talking about different ones. And even if they say, I I just want that one, but I'm sure they'll go on and say, no, I I want all of them because they're all just lots (laughs) of fun and everything. But, But the whole, I know that you really want to relate to people. You like to have this interspecies communication. You like to enhance the intuition. What have you got in that section? This is a good one that I can even give tonight. And intuition is a big part of our lives. We can make business, life decisions, relationship decisions, whether or not we're having that job going right in today, all based on intuition. Of course, we can read the horse's body languages. Is their high head up? the eye wide open? Are they in flight mode? Are they rearing? And Maybe then we don't get on their backs. But there's something else to be said about it because I feel like we can get confused. And in the time that we've been taught from childhood to now, it's all been about a get on any way or show that horse, tell them who's boss, um, don't sit this one out, don't let them win. And all of these things for me have great meaning. For me, we're both on the same team. There's no such thing as winning. 
And yes, you can get off a horse when you're feeling uncomfortable and get back on. You haven't won or not won. It's about going through that stream if you need to. It's also about getting off if you feel totally uncomfortable and leading for a while if you're better on the ground. So I feel that there's a lot of myths being thrown around. And so when we check in, there's three energy centers. There's our head, and the head is the one that's analyzing, researching, even going into the memory base. And it's like a Google machine that if you were to watch that horse, they are, his head's up and his feet are dancing like a tap dance. This doesn't feel right because it didn't last time. It's a great gauge, but at the same time, it's only telling you a specific piece. It's a valuable piece, shouldn't be ignored, but it's a specific piece. And the same thing is everything's okay. You know, the eyes soft and the head's down and everybody's um, coming together nicely. What if your next piece and your heart is sinking? So it's really important to move from the head to the heart. And we can look at different signals from our hearts. Is it flattering? Is it fluttering? Is it singing? Is it sinking? Is it missing a beat? Is it happy? Is it sad? We need to check in with that heart to let us know how we're feeling about a given situation. Could be the instructor, could be the horse. But it's not the only resource. Our gut is a big one too. And we have to get to know that. Does that flip? Does it flutter? Does it sink? What's your gut telling you? There's more signals we have in the body. So for example, our chest could feel heavy or we might not be able to breathe, our throat could close. And a lot of this intuition piece is about learning how your body is talking to you to know when not to get on your horse. When everything looks copacetic, what is your intuition telling you? Because that's the largest thing that we have. It's not all about experience. It's a balance between memory experience, the mind and the gut. And so therefore, I've included some intuitive exercises from learning about our energy fields to what we're giving off, first impressions, to projecting energy so that when we do liberty work or we're in hand, we're able to do that, as well as getting to know our own energy sources. Intuition is probably the largest thing we have in life to fall back on. And it's the one that often gets missed when it comes to horsemanship and horses. And I think the more emphasis we can place on that, the safer we will become. Yeah, yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available. And the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. What about as a student, because I know you've studied Reiki, Reiki, you know, energy healing, what sort of exercises have you got there? 
I've, I've loved it. I've been part of the Reiki movement since 1997. Like you said, I brought that through to the Reiki master level, Karuna Reiki master. And I'm fortunate in my time to be one of the first people to take the Reiki energy healing to horses. And so that's how one of the DVDs was created. And in fact, a lot of this, when people are looking at the 101 things to do with your horse, they're getting the original six DVDs, one to six included to be streamed within this program it's a value of 165 bucks so it's a huge value on top of the 101 things that you're pretty much simply getting so when i look at the reiki because that's not in those dvds but it was one that i did create it's been a pure joy to take it to the horses and give back to them unconditionally in fact it was just a little while ago that i was at my favorite place in the United States, in Wyoming, and teaching Reiki 1 and 2 and Reiki for Horses just there, where we can roam amongst over 100 head of horses in an acre. That's where they are in the day. At night, they're on hundreds of acres, but in the day, they come into the corral for the dudes. And it's there that we conduct the love lessons. It doesn't matter if you're Reiki attuned or not. You could have healing touch for animals, reconnective healing, vortex healing, or indeed your own healing energy. The one that's rightfully look yours, universal healing. As long as we drop into our hearts and then we can feel our hands often, that's where the energy centers are. Could be your fingertips or your palms. And when we drop into the hearts, the horses automatically know that we're there for them. They know that we're going to give back. It's a moment maybe. But ultimately, when we walk into that corral, we open our hands up, dropping into our hearts. Many will step forward. One of the significant signs would be a left foot forward where the horse offers, kind of blocks you with a left foot forward. And it's a way that they're inviting you to connect, to join. Now, let's go off the premise that you're on the left-hand side of the horse, the near side. The right hand will be placed below the withers. That's one of the heart chakra locations. And then we have the right hand there. The left hand will go first on the brachial chakra which is the scapula of the horse. And in time, we move it in between the shoulder blades, which is the second heart chakra location. I find it lovely, but also heart-to-heart connection, from our heart to theirs, and from one side of the heart chakra to the others. You'll see some incredible Reiki registers. Eyes shutting, change in breast, licking and chewing, head drop. You'll hear the gas going through. They might rest the left hind. Often it's the left hind when they do that. So much happens. And what Reiki does is it allows for a moment of a release, the rest to come in for the body to heal itself. You get such different behavior patterns than you would when you're training. It can change behavior, create a connection, change remedial issues, gentle wild horses, let them know that you mean no harm. It puts you in a state of grace. And it's a great place to be able to connect with your loved ones. Wow. I'm just looking forward to this. Yeah. You know, people like to think that they can relax their horse, you know, gain some trust with them. And, um, you know, some people just go, that's the best part, the relaxation and the trust. What have you got there? I have a couple of things that I really like. And it could be in the spur of the moment. 
where you're walking out and you're seeing them rest in the sunshine or they're taking that moment to roll, where not only do we appreciate the fact that they trust us enough that they can do that in our presence, but some of them like to lie down. I was once in a demonstration with Excalibur at the Rocky Mountain Horse Expo, and I taught him to bow and even lie down. And don't often draw upon those tricks today because it's not like a trick for training, but I've enjoyed it in my time. And when he lied down there to the audience, he lied flat down with his head down and he, he decided he was going to snore and go to sleep in front of all these people. And it was that moment that you think, yep, I'm the natural horsemanship trainer. That's me. Can't get my horse to stand up right now. But there's something to be said when a wild horse, he's a Spanish Mustang, trusts me enough to lower his guard down and lie down. And these are precious moments. Every horse on our property pretty much has been rescued from four days of age, feedlot foal, to six weeks of age, feedlot foals, but also premarins from Canada and wild mustangs too. And that being able to walk amongst the herd when they're lying down, especially on a crisp morning after a cold night in Colorado, I've sat with them, even lied on their back, spending that time to see that their eye is softening, that it's not like a master has appeared, so they need to be on guard and stand up. It's not like I'm expecting them to run over to me at that point in time, but instead, instead, breathe, pause, and realize the gift that's before us. And so for us, and for me in particular, the trust is, could I spend time with you? Could I share space? Am I invited into your world at this moment? Can I share the dinner with you here? Could I sit down quietly? Could I sit next to you? So not only could we create these moments when we're looking at head drops, for example, head drops that could take the tension out the neck and head drops where they're lowering their eyes beneath ours. They're taking away all that risk to trust us to take care of them. There's very same head drops we could take onto horseback to say, trust me now. I reference Excalibur to you here a couple of times from the demo and also being a wild horse. But I was sat on his back riding in Colorado when we came across Mount Lion some years ago now. And that's your, your coming home moment to say, are you going to buck me off and leave me here? Because are you going to leave me? Because somebody has to be left behind or are we going to join in unity? And I put my hand, rested it on his neck, the very place we'd done the head drops together. And I remember saying to him, Exy, remember we're partners? Remember we're partners. And that's exactly what he did. I could feel his heartbeat in between my legs, but he stayed with me. Didn't for one minute think she needs to catapult off of here because I need less weight. And so these are the trust moments that we're looking to pursue and bring forward with our horses. I think that encapsulates it a little bit, you know. I think so. I think so. And, you know, we talked earlier about safety and, you know, it's just as important to you as it is to me. You know, I think that um, it's just something that without saying, you know, everything's got to be as safe as possible. We were working with danger or potentially dangerous animals, so everything has to be safe. What sort of systems have you got there? Tell us a little bit about the safety systems. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I do. There's not a lot that's a system with me. When you're looking at the language of the horse at Liberty, it's about a dialogue and conversing. When you're looking at the intuitive riding, it's about a dialogue. And even the, the trick training, 
we're dialoguing. Everything's a dialogue. And yet we do have a 12-step safety system set up. It's called TLC, Trust-Based Leadership and Compassionate Communication. It's one of the DVDs that comes with the 101 Things to Do with Your Horse. So there is that piece. When we look at the 101 things themselves, the systems do come into play. Because, for example, when we look at head drops and you're looking at how to do that with the lightest of touch and why. You know, for me, everything has the why. Why are we head dropping? Not because we can and not because we're forceful, but because we might be asking them to take the tension out of the neck and relax, even trust us enough to have their eyes below ours. We're looking at neck yields to soften the neck and make sure they're not tense or tight. They've had vaccinations. Maybe they've gotten stiff. They need a chiropractic adjustment. When we're looking at disengaging the hind end, it takes away the flight and the fight. And ultimately, the neck yield combined with the disengaging becomes the one rein stop on the ground and in the saddle. So what we're training them to do on the ground, we can take up into the saddle. And thus, we've got a safety system that's stress-free in a stress-free environment that we can utilize when leading them and loading them and hiking with them all the way through to ground driving, as well as ground driving out in nature, and then taking that onto horseback. So for me, I could go on probably about the safety systems of the single line yield, the one rein stop, the disengaging, the turn on the forehand, the head drops, etc. tons of them. And if we base it on something solid that has a flawless record, ultimately, with 22 years, 1,500 clinics, tens of thousands of horses at this point in time, to be able to say we can teach the beginner through to the professional through the horse's language, creating a system. That's pretty commendable. And so I feel like even if we're looking at a dialogue, there's a place to bring in the safety systems. Okay, well, that is certainly important. Now, I know over the period of a year that people get more motivated, less motivated, horses get more motivated, less motivated. If the motivation's a bit low, what sort of exercises have you got for them? Oh, that's cute as well, because the horses can lack the motivation. I find that the tricks for training really motivates because you're bringing in the food for behavior modification and food for a reward. But at the same time, we have a really fun one. I've put it onto our holistic horse course. It's an annual course we have. It's certification in horse whispering ultimately. But it's a really cool one to find out what motivates your horse. Very simple, not to be done if you don't know the horse too well. But if you know them a little bit and you feel safe, we recommend probably around a 20 foot, if not 25 foot long line. And so what we do, we attach that long line and we allow the horse to realize we're not going to be asking anything from them. So that means standing exceedingly still, not moving, you know, not staring them in the eye, changing your weight distribution or asking to lead them, but instead waiting. Some, it would take a moment for them to realize, oh, I can lead this. I can lead this team of two. So for safety reasons, this is big. One, stay out the kick zone. So we want it longer than 10 feet. Two, don't let the horses trot really. Because if they get a canter stride up, it's a bit tricky. Don't let the line go flush against the side because you'll lose all influence. So stay out the kick zone. And ultimately, you want to walk with them. And you're going to be surprised. 
where people believe that horses are motivated simply for, by food and grass or by rest alone. It's called rest, release, relaxation. That's the motivation. Not at all. They might be moving towards their own herd, going back to the herd. I've had horses be so creative. They've gone in and out of 40 stalls at a barn. One horse went to say hello to the tortoises, the llamas, the sheep, the goats, and was motivated by curiosity. We've had other horses make their way to the feed room. Other horses have lunged themselves at first because they felt obligated to do so. And it wasn't until they realized that no cues were coming from the person that they actually chilled and relaxed and thought, I can stand here. So this motivational exercise wouldn't be done on grass because, of course, the head will go right down. You might do it in the driveway to see where they want to go or change the location. Start in an arena. Are they curious? Where are they heading? What's their favorite spots? Go outside. Try it out there. It's a very, 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 very simple exercise. But where your belief may lie that they only like grass, it could change. And it could really enlighten you to see that they actually are motivated with a friendship or motivated on going on a hike. You know, ultimately, the question goes back to everybody here. What motivates your horse? Do you truly know or are you influencing every single step that they make? Working with the horse, it sort of seems to be a, an individual thing. You know, I work with my horse. It's me. It's my horse. And it's just the two, you know, communication between the yes. two. What sort of fun can we have with the family? Whether, I don't know, if it's horse family, people family, but just tell us something from that section. I love that piece because my son, I'm a late bloomer, late mother. And so Joseph was seven when we filmed this. And so to bring him in has been huge. So I know this doesn't count for what everybody else can do, but he's been in front of the camera. He's been behind the camera. He's learned so much at a young, young age. And that's where it all came from. I didn't want him always pushed to the side. I wanted him involved. And I wanted him to realize that horses can be fun. It doesn't have to be just drilling in the riding piece to or chores, for example. And so he's been along by my side. And it's been incredible to watch him laugh, joke, have fun, be included. And that also applies to everybody that I visited, where individuals were state their children aren't allowed or the dogs aren't allowed to come or indeed, you know, what do I do with my husband? And so we created pieces where it's husbands and horses and children and horses to say, this is a whole family affair. So that's the first thing how it came about. I guess something again that I can share on here right away that you can take home is the painting, the painting with horses. Let me put a disclaimer. There was some controversy around it. And the controversy comes where if you tie the horse really tight and there's a lot of people around them, it can be a little intimidating and then the horse doesn't have a voice. And if they don't have a voice and a choice, it's not fun. And that's not how we do it at home. We look at the horse that wants to volunteer for the job ultimately. He wants to step forward today. And so Joseph had two great ones. It was Dylan, a Mustang, and Sage, little little girl. She was orphaned at four days of age. So both came in for the painting of horses and how creative and expressive that can become. We bought all the washable paints and Joseph could choose them and we started to paint. And what we do, we don't just paint anything, we paint for peace. We paint for peace, which is a huge piece for us. 
to go, okay, we've got our Mustang and we've got our warrior princess and we're going to paint for peace. And so it allows the youngsters the creativity to put the hand paints on, put the dots on, all the feathers, all the hearts, the wings, even tell a full story like with Poseidon, anything they want to do. It comes from a place of joy, vibrant colors. And then we parade. We parade for peace. You show off your creation and you walk in a circle together and you literally can dance and enjoy it. And it doesn't finish there. See, we don't leave them just with the paint on. We've brought in a little bit of a Native American spirit there to say, let's bathe them afterwards and release your wishes up to spirit. And so right after we wash them off, they have a nice bath and then all of the goodies go up to spirit. And it's an incredible practice to bring in the family. It is a good one. It is a good one. Now, just the training. You know, people say, look, I'd like to do all these things, but I just am, I'm after some training tips. What have you got in the way of training tips? Yeah, we, we've got a ton, you know. It's so funny. It's helping me remind from mindful mounting to mindful grooming. These are the easy ones, right? But then we're looking at the in-hand obstacle course, ponying in a round pen, ponying in an arena. We're looking at ground driving, ground driving over obstacles, ground driving out in nature because that's done in different parts of the world, as well as, of course, taking it onto horseback. So be that the training of stopping on a dime or um, oh, the one rain stop, as well as neck raining 101. So all of this kind of comes under intuitive riding or training. I could continue. We have seven secret steps to trailer loading, etc. So anything and everything that we could bring in. I think we have Spanish walk, um, haunches in, ground tying 101, tons and tons of different pieces. The training for me was a huge piece to come back to take a moment to train them to lead off the leg. Take a moment to ground tie them and realize the value. Take a moment to trailer load them when you're not under duress and stress. They, they don't have to go to the vet, etc. And not just that, none of this is dominance-based. So I grew up with traditional horsemanship, moved into dominance-based natural horsemanship. None of that is this. We're rewarding the tries, acknowledging the tries, looking for soft, keeping it simple, less is more, and utilizing the body language every single time and place. When to drop the eyes to say thank you. When to look at the horse to look for the window of the soul. When to acknowledge the whisper and capture the whisper in the horse's eye. So training, ultimately we could say, in a way, all of the 101 things are training from the trick training, intuitive riding, telepathy, all of it's training. And yet at the same time, we accentuated it by stating, have you covered these aspects with your horses so that they know how to load and you don't wait for the vet to come or you know how to take a health check or indeed take a moment to do a liver cleanse with the horse. Um, look at sidestepping, side passing, anything and everything you can think of. We wanted to include it in there so that the horse has become well-rounded individuals and the connection, the communication would become really tight at the end of it. I wanted partnerships perfect partnerships by the end and if we follow these suggestions 
you're not looking at always asking, what can the horse do for you today? But instead, you're giving back to the horse. And you're having that relationship you've always sought since you were little. That was my hope. Look, I just think the way that you're talking about this, Anna, it's, um, you know, you're sort of looking for something to stop the boredom. Then you realise, oh, this is going to be fun. And then it's like, I'm going to learn something. My horse is going to learn something. So you sort of got that. You know, it's it's not to stop the boredom. It's going to be fun and it's going to be educational. And I know that we're going to have a link on our um, chat, you know, which will be horsechats.com and you just search for Anna, A-N-N-A or 20, T-W-I-N-N-E-Y and you'll find that link. And at the bottom of the page, you'll be able to click through that link to receive this 101 natural horsemanship things to do with your horse. But there's more than that, isn't it? Tell us a bit more because I know the cost is like less than 50 cents or something. It's it's tiny. But tell us a little bit more about the value because you've, you've thrown in a few other things as well. I know. Now I look at myself and go, why, why did I do so reasonable? <laughs> but I'll tell you why. I did it that reasonable because I want it to be accessible to people. And, and a lot of what I've done in my life was never available to me, never. And so I never wanted anybody else to be in that position. So when I heard them say, I don't know how to gain the connection or the communication, I don't know how to talk to my horse. You know, what is this telepathy? I've always known I was a black sheep of a family or my groom brings the horse and I'm not allowed to touch them or, or they think grooming is just to clean, clean the horse. All of these perceptions and myths came to, to head for me to say, you know what, this is practical horsemanship meets intuitive horsemanship. And this is the next generation of horsemanship. It's the movement to become the new norm. And the new norm needs to be telepathy and energy and this interaction. So what they're getting for it is huge. If I, if I do the math this way, my DVD that could be 60 to 90 minutes is 35 bucks. Now, this is approximately 12 minutes a piece. And you've got 101 of them for $200. It's 197. So the value is incredible because if you started doing the maths to say, well, four episodes are $35, 40 episodes would be $350, 80 episodes, $700. So why are we doing it for 200 Because it should be accessible. That's why. And no horse needs to suffer and no person needs to be without a connection anymore. So for this value, that's just the value of the 101 things. But on top of it, we're throwing in the six DVDs. So that they're worth $165 and they'll be streamed. The other value means that you keep this for life. That's the huge thing. So what you're not signing up, you're not signing up for a year. And then if you didn't access it, you never have it again. This could go for every horse you have. One, two, three, 10 horses at home. You could pick and choose and say, well, my youngest is one year of age. Ponying doesn't suit her. No, but it suits your older horse or your rehab horse. So if you've got multiple horses at home, this one price fits all. Also, when they grow up and you learn more, you could look at it a second time around and you're going to hear things and see things that you never noticed the first time. If you're not quite ready for telepathy or energy, you will be in a few years of time time and you can adjust it and adopt it to how you need it so the truth is you could look at this every year and never get bored with it and you can also skip things to say they truly don't apply to me 
So I feel like the values like nothing else we've ever been able to offer. You touched on one more thing. When I did this, my intention was to simply say, here's one thing to do with your horse. So for example, my intention was to say, um, let's teach Spanish walk. Here you go. Here's the end result, Spanish walk. It didn't turn out to be that. We ended up teaching, ended up teaching everything. So what it isn't, it's not just two minutes saying, here's one of 100 things to do with your horse that you would see in a magazine, for example, that might say, go and share space. That's all I wrote in magazines. But no, we're going to show you how to do it, what to do it, why to do it, when to do it. It's all going to be shown. So not only is it a tip, it's educational. I think the value is incredible. <laughs> and I wish it had been around when I was growing up. And when I was becoming a horsewoman, I wish somebody had created something like this for me. Yes, it certainly is. certainly is. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you've come on today to talk about that. And remember, everyone, if you'd like to have that program, it's just great value, great of extras. Go to horsechats.com, search for Anna, search for Twinny, and at the bottom of the page you'll find that program on um, on each of her. Even we'll go back and we'll put it on, you know, because you've got a couple of previous chats when we put up the chat number three, we will put up the link on the previous chats as well. Love it. Anna, thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on, telling us all about the program. And, and more than that, thank you for putting the program together. It's been great hearing about it. So thank you. I so appreciate you inviting me on today. Thank you. No worries at all. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 